In the movie Schindler's List, Armand Gerbs, the commandant of the Nazi labor camp, took a young Jewish girl to be his personal maidservant. Some of you will remember this from the movie. But at one point in the film, the girl, this girl, had a private, very disturbing conversation with Oster Schindler. With fear in her voice, deep fear, she said to him, I know that someday my master will shoot me. Schindler, the first, would you believe it? He tried to assure her that the commandant is really quite fond of her. But she insisted, no, someday he will shoot me. She then spoke of what she had seen the previous day. She said she had seen him walk out of his quarters, draw his gun, and shoot a Jewish woman who was walking by with a bundle in her hand. Listen now to her description of the woman and her very insightful comment. She said, just a woman on her way somewhere, no fatter or thinner or slower or faster than anyone else. And I couldn't guess what she had done to provoke him. The more you see of the commandant, the more you see that there are no set rules that you can live by. You can't say to yourself, if I follow these rules, I will be said. That girl, my brothers and sisters, was absolutely correct. In a world of moral confusion, there can be no safety and consequently no peace. That girl understood that in the world of the Nazi labor camp, right and wrong had been blurred. Right and wrong had been blurred to such an extent that she could not determine what was right in the mind of the commandant, but pleased him at one moment by not pleasing him in the next. And if he happened to have a gun in his hand when he wasn't pleased, she knew that she could easily end up like the woman with the bundle in her hand. In today's world, most people say they want peace, do they not? And yet many of them also want their moral relativism. That is to say, they want to be able to define right and wrong for themselves. But you cannot have both. Please hear that. You cannot have both. It's not, and it never can be, peace and moral relativism. It's either peace or it's moral relativism. Consider, for example, terrorism. Very timely topic this morning. Terrorism, which includes yesterday's attack on Israel, and which has been undermining peace efforts all over the world for decades now. Terrorism is a practice that's rooted in moral relativism. The terrorist does not accept the objective moral truth that the direct killing of innocent people is wrong, always wrong. In his moral relativism, he's convinced himself that killing innocent men, women, and children is acceptable, and sometimes even virtuous. 
The people at Planned Parenthood think the same way with respect to unborn babies, as do some of our politicians, starting with the guy at the PAP in Washington. So do many of the people who've incited riots and attacked the police in major cities all over this country in recent years. A lot of these rioters are professed Marxists, like the founders of the Black Lives Matter movement, who want to literally tear our society and culture down and create their own socialist utopia. And speaking of people who like to destroy things, how about the hundred or so young people who went on a looting rampage in Philadelphia last week? His actions were coordinated on social media. That's a perfect example of young moral relativists acting just like moral relativists. If there's ever going to be peace, the true peace people say they want, then the moral relativists of this, of this world have to accept the objective moral norm that innocent human life is always to be respected. Always. Basically, that means you need to accept the fact that the Ten Commandments are commandments. They're not recommendations. They're not suggestions. In a world of moral confusion, there can be no safety. And consequently, no peace. By the way, please remember this the next time you fold. If you vote for people who reject objective moral standards and support things like abortion, sexual immorality, violence, and the like, then you are indirectly undermining world peace, whether you realize it or not. Now, I know this message about objective morality is not a popular one these days, but the fact of the matter is, my brothers and sisters, it never has been popular as today's gospel text from Matthew 21 makes very clear. Here Jesus tells a parable about a landowner who leased out his vineyard to tenants and then sent servants to those tenants at harvest time. Those servants in that parable were the Old Testament prophets who preached the Ten Commandments and objective morality to the people of Israel. And what kind of reception did these prophets receive? from the moral relativists in Old Testament Israel, of which there were many. Well, Jesus told us what kind of deception they got using the imagery of this parable. He said, the tenants seized the servants, one they beat, another they kill, and a third they stone. Again, he sent other servants more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the very same way. What a comforting thought to those of us who continue to preach this message. I give the final word to court today to St. Paul. St. Paul, who also knew and who taught that objective morality is the only path to happiness and peace. What he said to the Philippians in today's second reading, he says to all of us this morning. Finally, my brothers and sisters, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. 
Keep on doing what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Then, and I might add, only then will the God of peace be with you.